Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe DU Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today's guest is someone who reached out, is a paranormal investigator, and is part of a TAPS family. So it's going to be an interesting one. But before we do, I just wanted to let you know, Michelle, that I may have gotten us a new listener. (gasps) Who is it? Uh, It's a friend of my brother-in-laws yeah no he's a friend of my brother-in-laws and like i feel like me and him bonded last night we were uh i was at a cookout with my brother-in-law uh well it was at his house he's been doing it like every friday for a while i guess and we've gone to a few of them already so it's pretty dope and uh so yeah me and this um, uh we were by the grill and my brother-in-law tells his friend he's like hey he's got a podcast and i was like yeah i do have a podcast (laughs) He's like, oh, what's it about? So I started telling him, and then it turns out that he listens to uh, a lot of, you know, stuff like a lot of stuff like that, and uh, this one that Leslie had told us about, Le- Leyendas Legendarias. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, if you ever get a chance, check them out. They're fucking hilarious. They're it's a Spanish <laughs> podcast, but those guys are, oh man, it's good shit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we were talking about, you know, just paranormal experiences that we've had. Um, he seems kind of like a kind of skeptic, kind of like he believes he's he's there. Like, That's a you know healthy I mean? skeptic. Yeah. Um, and so we were we were talking about different things, different stuff. He told me some so a pretty cool story um, about, you know, this house uh, that. Belong- that's in the family or whatever, and. This man seeing some, it was, we, we were having a conversation and then like, <laughs> but we were over here by ourselves. And then the, yeah. the bigger group was like, uh, in like, they were next to us. Another they little could, pod. They, yeah. Yeah. They, but they were within earshot and everybody was, you know, chilling there, sitting down, eating and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, like I, I, you know, I could hear my wife talking about a story and I was like, Hmm. And then like, I kind of heard other people talking. So then like, uh, my brother-in-law came over and he's like, Hey guys, come and eat. I had already eaten. So I, would, I didn't eat, but we all went sit down over there and like, we just had this huge, uh, you know, group conversation about different paranormal experiences and stuff like that. So two things it was pretty, pretty dope. Two things. One, mm-hmm. I love that the paranormal just brings people together. This is why I wanted to do the podcast. I love that that's like what you got to experience there. Like that's my favorite thing mm-hmm. is people just gathering and sharing paranormal experiences. But two, next time you just have to get a mic and put it in the center of everybody and then just record everybody's stories and experiences. I think I feel like that could make a really cool episode. It would, well, it, would it would be for our Spanish audience only. That's though. true. That's true. Didn't think about and that. the thing is like the the. Cause this, this, I feel like this happens to me quite often. Uh, I know. Like I'm like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't get any experiences like that. No one talks about <laughs> ghosts with me. Yeah, but I think it's because, well, the the thing that helps me is like, the 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 times that it's happened in Houston, uh, my wife has been the one that's like, hey, uh, you know, he has a podcast. He talks about this stuff. And then, like, in this case, it was my brother-in-law was like, hey, mm-hmm. he has a podcast. He talks about this stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. So, I mean, I think I kind of attribute it to that, too. Is it kind of opens that kind of little door. And then once you get me going, it's kind of hard yeah. to make me stop talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? No way. So, but then I have to shut up and let other people talk, too, because, you know, yeah. they're, you know, I want to hear their stories, too. Because, again, like you said, that's the whole reason why we had this podcast is to listen to other people's stories and be creeped out and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i glad I've had the privilege of not being around, like, judgmental people and being around people who, you know, uh, have their stories, sure. too. Yeah. I think it's also very helpful that it's in, like, Hispanic culture groups that i've been in because mm-hmm. i feel like us hispanics are a little bit more open to that kind of stuff yeah uh to a certain extent of course um but yeah um it's 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 been cool and and like i said i had had a good time obviously like there were some other conversations before and after but uh those are definitely like that was definitely a good chunk of of the conversation for a while. So it was pretty dope. And it was funny because uh, the guy that I was talking to, he comes back and then they're like, Oh yeah, we were talking about paranormal stuff too. And he's like, 
I don't know if he called them metiches or or chismosos or something like that because oh. they said, oh, because we heard you guys talking, so we started talking about it too. So yeah. I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. Well, okay, fine. Then, and well, you are chismosos, but then instead of recording, and then we'll make it an episode, record it, but then so you can translate it so that we can do stories of high strangeness. Yeah, there I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to do that next time, and just okay. ask, for, ask for permission, and be like, everybody, tell me yes if you're, if you're okay with me recording Sign this, this waiver. Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that I can uh, put these stories on my podcast because, like I said, some of them are pretty creepy. Like, yeah, uh, one of my nieces having a best friend who is possibly a ghost, and then the one that I told about when you know she was screaming and yeah, stuff like that. So. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why you talking about that just made me and I'll make this quick so that we can get into our interview. But uh, last night I had this nightmare. Wait, did you ever end up watching or see uh, what we do in the shadows? No, I don't. Oh, no, no, no. The vampire, the vampire one? one. Yeah. OK. It, well, if if you guys have seen it, uh, I don't remember what season or at what point, but they get like this little haunted possessed doll that is basically a miniature version of one of the vampires kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like walks around. It's super fucking creepy. I absolutely hate it, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's funny too. Um, but a doll similar to that came out in my nightmare last night. And it was just like walking, like running around. And I was super terrified. I don't remember the rest of the dream. I just remember the last part of it because it was so scary that it woke me up. But it was just like I was looking at it and it was running right at me and then just like jumped up like right at my uh, face. I was like, fuck. And I like woke myself up and was like, oh, God, it's just a dream. Um, but yeah, it was awful. I, I, I don't can't remember the last time that I had a nightmare like like, like a legit nightmare, yeah. Like that was a legit nightmare. That yeah. you're just so terrified that you wake yourself up. It's been it's been quite a while, but that that did it. <laughs> I still Dude. cannot. And then but, imagine you wake up oh and then sitting next to your your nightstand is either your nun doll or that porcelain doll that I took you. No, that one's stuck in the garage. Uh, well, maybe she can open the no, door. I would hate that. She the the doll in in my dream was wearing. I mean, it could have been. Kind of like the nun doll, but bigger. But she was mm. she was wearing black and white, like a black and white dress, and had black hair. Um, and she's just creepy looking, and she's like, Wah! and like ran and like right at my face, and uh, fucking hated it, dude. It was it was uh, awful. It was it's awful. Chills down my I'm spine, telling dude. you, <laughs> like I've never had a nightmare like that, but that one did it. Say so, enough about us. Let's go ahead and get into this interview. Okay, guys. So today's guest is Jason Hassler from. Yeah, he's the director for the big. Big River Paranormal in Portland, Oregon, and they are Oregon's TAPS family team. So, Jason, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Yeah, my name is Jason Hassel. Like you said, I'm the director for uh, Big River Paranormal in Portland. We do have teams in a team in Boise as well. And yeah, so that's me. Yeah. Awesome. I was noticing that you guys have like, it was like Washington and Oregon and Vancouver and pretty... Yeah big radius of uh i guess area that you cover which uh I, you don't well i don't know maybe you do see that often but i hadn't seen that <laughs> usually it's like a a smaller like state or radius so that's that's pretty awesome yeah we cover all of oregon idaho and in parts of washington yeah nice well so the the first question that well first off thanks for for reaching out and uh contacting us and, and being on on the show today but um the the question that we always ask our guests to kind of get things going what is uh what was your very first paranormal experience what kind of got you into paranormal investigating when i was young i was probably seven eight years old we lived in a house that was uh it was a very old house and it was uh it, the house was haunted so i i would see things in the house i could but i was a kid so i thought maybe it was just be you know be in my imagination or whatever but like uh you could hear like a, a guy coughing in the bathroom in the middle of the night and stuff like that hmm. did, yeah. how did your parents feel about that did they just kind of tell you it was your imagination or did they see they didn't things too? Really, yeah they did they didn't really talk about it to us too much because obviously they didn't want to scare us as kids and stuff but yeah hmm. we we knew a little bit about it but of course they didn't talk too much about it with us so oh. siblings as well? Yeah, I have a twin brother. Oh, oh, oh nice. Okay. 
And it, so I feel like Eric and I growing up in the same house and having experiences, I feel like we didn't talk about it until we were much older and then started sharing stuff. Would you say that, that was kind of the, the same thing for you guys or were you sharing everything yeah. from the very beginning? I mean, we talked a little bit as kids, but again, we just thought we were kids and it was our imagination and whatever. We tried to you know, think of it that way. But now as adults, we talk about, we saw the same kind of things. And yeah. Nice. And did you, uh, <clears throat> since, I mean, y'all have grown up and you have, you, have you talked to your parents about it or asked them, Hey, so like, you know, this stuff was happening. Is it, you know, did you guys experience it as well or. Are they still pretty yeah. off about it? <laughs> yeah. They, they'll talk about it a little bit now, but like, you know, it was a long time ago. So they, they will say, yeah, it was the house is crazy. There's some crazy stuff that happened there. <laughs> And I mean, did you know the history of it or find out any history of it? Or it's just like, I yeah, it's don't, ghost, no, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much of the history of it. Gotcha. I know it doesn't exist now. It's been torn down. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Yeah. It was a really, really old house. I see. That would be a fun one to investigate if you still could. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then how did you get into uh, paranormal investigating and, and become part of or put together this this team? Yeah, so we, I've always been interested in paranormal things. And, you know, I've always questioned everything. So whether it be, you know, ghosts, aliens, whatever. So my brother and I, we, we would, uh, when we we're later teens, early 20s, we would go out and try to do some investigating at like cemeteries and stuff like that, where, you know, we had no idea what it was we were doing. But, you know, so... <laughs> Like every, that's how everybody gets started. I think yeah. <laughs> being be places they shouldn't be and not asking for permission and doing it completely wrong, but that's that's where most people start. So I did that for a while with him, and then I uh, found Big River Paranormal online looking for team members, and I joined them almost six years ago, right. and been oh, with nice. them ever since. And have recently become director about I'd say six months ago or so. Nice. Yeah, Eric can definitely relate to the being in places you shouldn't be and <laughs> not knowing <laughs> what you're doing. And did so he he actually like brought something home with him, and then stuff started getting crazy at the house. Did that did that ever happen to you, or were you? Thankfully, it never uh, happened to me. No. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's why Eric he's still going, and I that's and I true. stopped. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't recommend going in cemeteries at night without permission. That's for sure. Anywhere else. I mean, that's our big thing now is, is uh, getting permission. If you don't get permission, you don't go there. So, yeah. yeah. See, the thing is the cemetery that, that we were going to before that we used to go to um, was open. So they weren't gated that we had like three cemeteries, I think here in, in the city that we, we live in or that I live in and we grew up in. Uh, one of them is like completely, you really can't get into it. The other one, I think that's downtown is, is a similar situation. And the one where, uh, our, our grandparents are, are buried, uh, before used to be completely open. It had like a tree line that was kind of like a little barrier, but all the, yeah, but all the entrances were like wide open. So literally anybody could drive in there at any time of night. So I remember I used to go with my friends and take pictures and stuff like that. And then later on when all the go, uh, the ghost hunting, the paranormal investigating um, shows like taps and all that started coming out, uh, the ghost hunters, uh, I started trying to do EVP stuff. So, um, but that was the only reason why, I mean, now that that cemetery is fenced off too. So I don't think anybody can get in now. Yeah. It's a different world than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So then tell us, um, Actually, I would really like to know what your very first uh, investigation was and how, like, did you get, like, bit by the bug and then just kind of, <laughs> now you got to do this full time sort of thing or, uh, yeah. Well, my first investigation with uh, Big River was uh, we went to this place called the uh, Walker Ames House in Port Gamble, Washington. And a lot of people say it's Washington's most haunted house. And it, it's a really cool location. I've investigated there probably four or five times since, and we get some really good evidence from there. So it's it's one of my favorite places to to investigate for sure. What what's kind some of the stuff? Yeah. What's that? What What's some of the stuff that that you've gotten uh, in the house? We get a lot of EVPs from that from that one, and we did get a video from that one upstairs. We have I set up a camera because one of the reports was there's a 
a, a person seen walking through the hallway and in so i set up a camera in this room and i faced it towards the door and we had some investigators in that room for a few minutes and then they moved out into a room across from there and like a minute later you can see a like a white little figure it, it walks in front of the door and it stops and then it takes a couple steps and walks out the door it's on our website okay. i was about to ask yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah. is there a video of it that we can look at because that'd be um fun and so for the most part everything that you share because I, I did notice that you guys had um uh, all the investigations kind of listed by by state and you can kind of go through and look at that is that is that where people could find those videos or yeah it, it bigriverparanormal.com we have not all of our investigations are up there um for space and and some of them are confidential as well so like when we do residentials we never put those on the website it will say that we had a residential on this date on the website but it won't say where what or any of the evidence because we we keep those confidential and then we have some commercial locations that that would rather remain confidential as well so mm-hmm. not everything goes on there but yeah yeah so what what would what is some of your favorite uh equipment to use we, i mean we've we've had people who are like love the estes method and other people were like absolutely hate it and you know certain tools that are like yes and others that are no um yeah. what are what are y'all's favorites to use we have our best luck with just a simple cheap digital recorder, to be honest. Hmm. And, you know, getting EVPs is probably the easiest and most common way to get possible evidence of paranormal. Yeah. But as far as like the spirit box and the method and all that, we, we, there's no science behind that. So we don't really use it a lot. I mean, if we have a guest, it's like, or if we have guests on the investigation, if we're doing like a public investigation or if like uh say the client asks about it, we have one, we could hook it up and, and play with it, but it's more for entertainment purposes. But I do like wearing the headphones with it because it's not as loud for everybody else. It's because, you know, it can be really super annoying. And then if only one person has to listen to it, and then of course they don't know what the questions were, so they can't script mm-hmm. the answer. So yeah. that's always, that's always good. And we've had mixed results with playing with that, but yeah. it's not really something we do very often. So do you have... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask. So like, what's your all's like process? Is it just like, uh, is it going in there and, and uh, do you, there uh, yeah. and... or is there like a, uh, uh, like a whole process that you guys go through? Yeah. It, well, the first thing we do is we do, I'll call and have a client interview and we'll talk about um, what they're experiencing. And, and then I got to decide whether or not it's a safe location for us to go to, or if it's a, if it's the right investigation for our team, because if somebody's looking for, if somebody wants calls me and, and they want, they're looking for a psychic to come out and that kind of stuff. We don't do that. So I'd have to refer them to a different team, but you know, so I have to decide if the investigation is right for our team. Mm-hmm. And then I, we would go out. If, if we decide to do the investigation, we go out and then me and, and probably my assistant, would go in we'd leave everybody else outside while we go in and uh, do the initial walkthrough a lot of times what i'll do is my team won't know anything about the location we're going to and sometimes i don't even tell them where other than just like hey we have an investigation overnight in this city whatever so plan for that and so i won't tell them any any of the history so there's no preconceived ideas or anything like that so i'll go in with with one other person and we'll do the walkthrough and we'll do the initial client interview and the client interview consists of a lot of different things, just depending on the location. It asks, you know, obvious the obvious questions like what you're experiencing, where are the hot spots, that kind of stuff. But it also asks personal questions like drug use and religious mm-hmm. beliefs and you know health issues and that kind of stuff. And we look for all sorts of things like uh, what we'll go in and do measurement baseline measurements for like EMF and that kind of stuff, and make sure you know we had one lady she was experiencing uh, hallucina- hallucinations where she she was seeing people in her house, in her bedroom, and a, she thought the ceiling was bleeding and all that. And so when we went to her place, uh, she had extremely high EMF by her pillow. Like it, oh. it, it pegged like our, 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 uh, our meter. So what, it, what was going on was her bedroom was up against the garage and her bed was against that wall. And on the other side of the wall, there was like a water softener thing that was giving off a lot of EMF. And that was mm. going into her wow. head all night long. Wow. And, 
Yeah. And if you're sensitive to that, it can cause that kind of stuff. So she didn't have a demon or whatever it was she thought she had. And it was really just that. And, and sometimes people will take, you know, that kind of explanation and sometimes they won't, you know, people want their places to be haunted, I guess sometimes. Yeah. But... <laughs> Are they supposed to make money off it if it's not actually haunted? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's crazy. I, I mean, I know that EMFs can mess with you, but I, now I'm just like, okay, mental note when I, have my own house kind of thing. Do not put my bed next yeah. up against like the garage door. You yeah. Know? You could, you could check, you know, it's, yeah. it's you know, because if you're sensitive to it, it can do some pretty interesting things. Like I would like, you know, before I joined the team and stuff, I, I knew about that and that it can make you feel like you're being watched or dizzy or whatever, but I didn't realize it could make you hallucinate and stuff like that too, if you're super sensitive to it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of crazy. You have to yeah. go buy an EMF meter and run it throughout the entire house now. I, I was gonna say because not a bad idea. Yeah, that that spot in the in the hall in the house, mm -hmm. Eric, that I was telling you about. I wonder if something it, there's like high EMFs there because it always feels like you get that feeling of someone watching you kind of thing. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe it's just something that I, I would like to rule it out basically <laughs> instead of yeah. being like yeah. who's there. <laughs> Most yeah. of the time, we can find logical explanations for what the client's experiencing. Yeah. So how often are people upset with you guys because you told them their house wasn't haunted? Well, we never say, hey, your house is haunted. We say, this is what we found. Okay. And this is this is the explanation. This is what we came up with. This is what we're seeing. And sometimes they're grateful because they were scared. And mm -hmm. our, our thought process is we want to make people feel more comfortable in their space. So we try to find, even if it is you know, haunted, we try to help them realize that it's not what you see on certain television shows. It's not a demon. Yeah. It's not going to scratch you. It's not going to take you to hell. You know? uh, I, I love that every time a, a, a paranormal investigator has mentioned that, like I, I I'm, we're pretty we're sure. We're not saying names, but we know, we, we all know, know who, who we're talking, talking about. about. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. We all know exactly who we're talking about, but, but yes, but you know, he's an entertainer, not a paranormal yeah. investigator. So, yeah. but you know, sometimes the history, uh, part on that show can be interesting to watch but i mm -hmm. i do know some locations they've been where the maybe they didn't lie about the history but they fabricated it a little bit more to make it more interesting mm -hmm. so yeah we don't do that because it's really <laughs> well i i always feel like it's a disservice to like what you guys are actually trying to accomplish as paranormal investigators it's like it people already don't take it seriously sometimes because exactly. of shows like that and then so when you have someone who's trying to do it the right way but no one's going to pay attention to that because it's not entertaining like you said exactly yeah uh, yeah so that we run I into mean, that a lot yeah we run into that on a lot of investigations especially like residentials where we show up and and i mean if we walk in the door and they're watching paranormal tv we're like oh, oh here we go. gosh you know? <laughs> they watch too much tv yeah it's like it's, there's no haunting that is your imagination, yeah. guys. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. Um, so then what is some of the most compelling evidence that you guys have gotten? I mean, even just like the white figure that you talked about earlier is, mm -hmm. is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, if you, if you have anything else or what locations you got them at. Um, let me think here. My, we uh, Let's see. The best ones we have. We, we also have one in the Walker Ames house. It's an EVP. And uh we're getting set up and we always start like to start a recorder when we're setting up because you just never know when they're going to start talking. So we're all talking, we're kind of loud. And, and uh, when we listen back to it, well, we're, we're there and we're, we're setting up and, and Stacy, one of our team members asking Mariah, another team member, a question about where something goes. And she's like, check the list. And we had uh, another team member. She was talking really loudly and you hear a shh. And, uh, we didn't, and my daughter who's Mariah, she, she's my assistant director. She's on the team. She heard it live. And she's like, did you just shish me? And then when we, of course, when we listened back, you could hear the shish on the, on the yeah. audio, but, but she was the only one that heard it live. So it's a pretty cool, that's on our website as well. That was mm -hmm. kind of one of, one of our favorite ones. Cause it was just kind of funny. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. I did have one where, uh, I was, uh, taking pictures and I said, can I take your picture? And then listening back, I clearly hear a man say no, but we oh. took pictures on oh, no. so like, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to go back and apologize. And you know. Just the picture comes back of a ghost like giving you the middle finger, like I said no. Yeah. 
Uh, that would be great, actually. Right, yeah. <laughs> Best compelling evidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. I, I almost, I can almost imagine just like the ghost right in your daughter's ear, like, shh, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. You're the one that needs to hear it, like, quiet. Yeah, that's everybody hilarious. shut up. We're sleeping. Yeah. Man. I don't know. Wow. Do ghosts sleep? I hope so. I'm right? not a ghost. Yeah. I'm going to try to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Like eternal rest, right? Isn't that what death yeah, is supposed what, to be? Supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> but hey, honestly, if I died and I could haunt people, I probably would do the same. It sounds I'm funny. totally haunting people right? when I die. Yeah. I got a list of people to go haunt. Yeah. Man, Eric, whoever goes I'm first. Not... <laughs> well, I know you already told me you want me to go mess with you, so I guess I'll have to do that. You don't have to I... mess with me, but just be like, hey. No, 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 no. I'm your older brother. My duty is to mess with you. So true, I'm going to go true. fuck with you, go, you know, and then I'm going to go be in peace. Like, All right. Now I'm done. All right. I'll just take like that. High, take just like hide our car keys and then put them back the same spot a week oh, later yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Make me feel like I'm going crazy. I do that all the time to myself. And I'm not <laughs> like, smack the, br- smack the paintbrush out of her hand. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, so. Or sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. If you, if you still had had more stuff, no, yeah. off on a tangent there. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any other? Um, we were literally just talking. Hold on, why can't I remember the word? Any other <laughs> investigations? Jeez, <laughs> sorry, uh, brain fart. Um, do you have any other investigations that are coming up that that you guys are excited about? Oh, let's see. Yeah, we have all sorts of investigations coming up, but some of them we can't talk about yet because i haven't had release form signed maybe they won't sign them but we do have coming up at the end of the month we have the oregon ghost conference in seaside oregon and our team is going to be helping run the investigations at the bridge tender so they do public investigations people pay and they come and investigate with us locations and there's like three or four different locations at seaside that they're doing public investigations for and my team will be helping at the bridge tender which is this little bar in uh, seaside Nice. Is, so we're looking forward to that what's the the history be t- behind that bar i really don't know the history of the, behind the bar yet i'll have to i will learn you about it when i get it. there and yeah but it's sense. a public investigation so i haven't investigated there before but hopefully nice. uh they'll give us some good information to share with the public because if not it's kind of yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> So what's the what's the paranormal scene, I guess, if you want to call it that, like oh, uh, on like the West Coast or that specically the Northwest area? Because, I mean, I feel like I, I don't like Northeast. Really, All yeah. of the investigators we've, I yeah. feel like, uh, interviewed are either like East Coast. Yeah. And then like South here in Texas, where, where we're at. But I don't think we've ever. Okay. Yeah. In the Northwest here, we have, of course, we have lots of Bigfoot investigators and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But yeah, we have a lot of, there's a lot of history like in Portland, you know, near where I'm at and a lot of haunted history and that kind of stuff. So there's there's a lot of uh, paranormal teams in the area for sure. And there's conferences all over. There's, uh, of course, the Seaside, the one in Seaside, the Oregon Ghost Conference in March. And then there's one in Port Gamble and that's usually in November and there's all sorts of conferences everywhere. It's a pretty big, there's a pretty big paranormal community here. Nice. We always talk about like, uh, yeah, people working together and we've uh, other investigators that we've spoken to either are like, yeah, it's a super tight knit community. It's great. And then we've had others say like, everyone wants like, Almost we'll call dibs. We'll like call dibs yeah. on plate on locations and we'll tell like owners of those locations like you can't let anyone else. And so it becomes a competition. Do you find yeah. both of those or yes, yes. There are a lot of teams that that there's a lot of ego, which you guys have probably experienced too in it with in the paranormal community. There are teams out there that that are like this is our location and nobody else is going to investigate here. And they do tell the owners, hey, if you want to work with us, it's just us, that kind of stuff. And and but for the majority of teams, you know, I like to associate with other teams and, and work with other teams sometimes because you can learn so much because we none of us know mm-hmm. all of it. And I like to teach people stuff too. So, you know, I like to make sure people are are doing things the ethical right way. So you know, teams like that, you know, I'll associate with. And, but I mean, there's other teams out there that are going in there doing the whole ghost adventure investigation style. And, 
and that I just don't, I don't play with that. And yeah. it's just, but those people go in and ruin locations because they'll go in and upset the client. And then they're like, oh, all the paranormal teams are that way and nobody can get in. So uh, that's something we deal with a lot. But for the most part, we're all, we're all pretty tight up here and know each other and bounce off ideas off each other and that kind of stuff. So it, it's a lot of fun, but there are a few. And then there's, you know, because everybody does things differently. There's different styles where, you know, some people go in from a psychic standpoint and some people go in from a logic scientific standpoint and, and neither way is wrong. They're just different ways of doing it. And uh, so for me, I don't mind if another team, especially with a different style comes into a location that we have investigated and does their own investigations because two things can happen. One, they can help us rule out something maybe we couldn't figure out. Or two, they can confirm what we found. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so I'm not worried that somebody's going to get better evidence than we got. Great for them. You know, like, yeah, for for me, it's like, cool, let me see, you know, and and there's a lot of teams that that uh, feel the same way. And, you know, so I don't I don't worry about other teams coming in to locations I've investigated other than the fact I hope they treat the client correctly and do things ethically and and they're not gonna the the whole provoking thing where you go into a location you cuss out their spirits and whatever and get a reaction that way and then leave and you leave the people with pissed off spirits it's just not for me yeah (laughs) Yeah, no (laughs) but that's what you see on on tv a lot they go in there especially like they'll go into like a prison or something and just start going off you know cussing at them and talking about their crimes and stuff and we'll do stuff like we'll go into like the old idaho state pen and in in Boise and we'll we get we'll ask things of some of the prisoners that were there about their crimes and stuff but we don't do it in a way that is offensive you know we talk to them like Mm -hmm. they were actually standing in front of us you know we're not going to be like hey did you kill those effing people you you know like no we don't do that we just hey you know hey you were accused of murdering these people you know that kind of stuff did you do that yeah Totally. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, provoking does get responses and that kind of thing. So it does work sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily get the responses that a responsible team would want to get. Yeah, it's and, just and getting again, the kind of responses that you would want for TV for entertainment. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, right back to that. I mean, for us, if we get cussed out by a spirit, we can't really put that on our website. You know, yeah. which is another reason we're not cussing on our, you know, like I cuss as much as anybody, but when we're recording, we, we got to keep it, you know, PG. PG. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, things happen like a lot of noise, you get scared and you're, oh shit, whatever, you know, like that happens. But like, you want to be dropping the F bomb and have EVP right after it and have to show that to the <laughs> client, you know? <laughs> I never even thought about that because <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee all my recordings would be me just cussing <laughs> by accident. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, speaking of uh, recording or recorders, do you do you do like digital or do you prefer tapes? Um, like we we use, yeah, we use digital recorders. Okay. And it, we don't use anything fancy. We just, you know, the yeah. cheap digital recorders work just fine. Okay. Yeah, I know some people have preferences. So I was was wondering yeah. if you had one. Yeah. Um, I know when I started, I started with a tape recorder. Well, Did yeah, you find that worked well? Um, I mean, I, I got a really like a solid EVP on it. Um, but I, I feel like it, it I've gotten some decent ones on a digital recorder as well. So I, I don't really yeah. couldn't really say I, I, I saw a difference, to be honest. But I had always heard, I know, especially back then, that people would say that it was easier or something for them to record onto uh, like the tape recorders versus digital. That's what I, but this was like, I'm talking what, almost, uh, what, like close to 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Now it would probably be difficult to find a tape recorder. You know, you have to go like Goodwill or something and find one that works. eBay. Yeah. Well, and that's that's yeah. what I was asking because there's uh, not digital, but like tape recorders that people are like refurbishing mm-hmm. and then selling for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars because, uh, because supposedly like Eric said that they work better or catch EVPs better than, uh, digital. And I it, or the, uh, I think it was Astonishing Legends uh, mm-hmm. that I listened to that, yeah, he bought like a, a tape recorder that's supposed to be like it was a defective type of recorder, but 
all paranormal investigators loved it because it caught amazing EVPs and he spent like oh. a stupid amount of money, hundreds of dollars <laughs> to, to get it. And he's like, I don't regret it, but I kind of do, but I don't. And <laughs> I was like, I can't even imagine. But I was like, yeah, if digital works, like why? Yeah. Why do it? <laughs> well, it's much easier for us to, you know, with digital to do evidence review and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I bet. And yeah, so- because I mean, uh, having to transfer it onto the computer and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, sorry. Speaking of of going back and listening to the evidence, how? Because Eric and I, I was like, yeah, like we totally want to do that, but we know that the going back part and re-listening to all the evidence of like multiple cameras, multiple recorders. Like, how long does that process take, you guys? And before he answers, we, guys, yeah. no, I still have not listened to the oh. recordings. <laughs> he, yeah. Well, we have uh, like 12 to 14 days ish. You know, we, we like to have it done with, you know, pretty quickly. Okay. But uh, it's, a, it's a tap standard that we have it done quickly. So that way, you know, we don't do an investigation and three months later we're contacting client. You know, yeah. we have to get it, you know, done quickly. So that way, you know, they get answers and we can move on to the next because we do have lots of cases and so we get it done pretty quickly it is very time consuming because if you think you know each hour of audio you're listening to probably takes you two hours because you're going back and oh i think mm-hmm. i hear something go back and then then you're sending it to another team member being like did you hear this what did you hear what you know and <laughs> yeah. it, so you know we and i try to think about that when i'm investigating like okay what's the after work here like when they when they say okay jason how many audio do you want how many video i'm like well who's helping with review this time (laughs) yeah (laughs) because uh yeah if it's just a couple of us it could be a full-time job sometimes to get that done in time and you know and of course we yeah so it it you know it's really boring and but when you catch something it's all worth it yeah Yeah. i bet and well, how, then how long are, are the investigations typically? Like how long, what time do you get there and what time do you usually leave kind of thing? It varies. So a typical investigation takes about three to four, maybe five hours. Okay. Just with setup probably takes 45 minutes to an hour, tear down probably the same. And then it just kind of depends if, if things are going well, we'll stay longer depending on, you know, if the client's available for us to stay longer. And so it just kind of depends on how things are going. And is it more of like a daytime, nighttime, doesn't matter what time? Oh, or? we we typically investigate at night, but it doesn't really matter what time you investigate. Like if if our client called and said every day at 3 p.m. we got we're experiencing mm-hmm. this and we're going to investigate. That's when we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't. Sense. But if it doesn't have a pattern like that, we usually go at night because it's easier for everybody's work schedules and that kind of stuff, too. And you know, there's less traffic to contend with and stuff like that as well. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're if you're on a busy street, there's a lot of traffic and, and, and stuff like that. You're going to pick all that up in your audio and whatnot. So it's easier to uh, to control the environment when there's less going on. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was going to uh, say that, too. Like, I, I had never really thought about it. Right? until You started about, yeah. uh, you, until you literally before you even said anything, I was like, you know, what? but it would make more sense to I guess when you asked the question is when it clicked in my head, I was like, well, it would make more sense to go and investigate whenever the person says that they're experiencing if they're experiencing in the middle of the night, well, then the best time would be in the middle of the night. But if they're if they don't experience anything during the night, and most of it's during the day, well, the best time would be to go when they're experienced when they claim to experience those things. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I had I had never thought about that until yeah. like, just right now. <laughs> Because it's always I mean, nighttime, yeah, I three o'clock say, in the morning, witching hour. Like that's what you <laughs> would expect, yeah, it kind yeah. of thing. But and again, the majority of these shows, you know, they record in the middle of the night. So, and I would say the majority, of, the majority of uh, of people's claims are at nighttime because during the day we're busy doing stuff, mm-hmm. so we're not paying as much of atten- attention. So when we lay down in bed at night, we're starting to hear noises and and things like that. It's quiet and our imaginations go a little crazy sometimes so i'm you know you're not thinking about it when you're making dinner or cleaning the house and it would have to be something pretty big like you know like something moving and a door shutting in front of you or something you know like during the daytime which is that kind of stuff is pretty rare it's mostly people hearing noises and seeing things when it's dark yeah well i mean having worked in a nursing home i can i can 
definitely Sometimes. confirm that. I mean, I, I'm sure things have happened during the day where they're like, oh, you know, what was that? Or in the evening, yeah. but a majority of like what we would experience or see. And it was like, holy crap. Like you, you, there's no denying was in the middle of the night because the majority of the people are asleep. You know, there's just yeah. a few of us moving around the facility. So definitely Can't blame it on someone or something else. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I know earlier you mentioned or a little bit ago, you mentioned TAPS standards. So, and I did uh, say at the beginning that you were part of the TAPS family. So what mm-hmm. does that entail? How does that work? Because uh, I mean, obviously you guys have your own group, but then, you know, because I, I mean, I'm assuming it's the TAPS that we know from from Ghost Hunters, correct? Correct. Yes. So, so yeah. So you have to meet certain standards. Now, I don't know word for word exactly the standards because it was something that our executive director, Marie, set up a long time ago. So she would know more about that, but it's, it's pretty, the standards for that are how, you know, we have to get back to a client within a certain amount of time. And, and uh, we actually have to look at the evidence like right away, you know, a lot of teams like, because that's not the fun part, you know, a lot of teams will go out and investigate a bunch and sometimes never even look at the evidence. And mm-hmm. so, and our, our, our uh, main objective is to go out and, and try to help the client. So we have, we try to make them feel more comfortable in their locations, whatever space it is they have and try to figure out what's going on for them. So we're not going out looking for demons really, you know, and, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, this is going to be cool on video and it's going to make good for YouTube video, or this is going to be good on TV. You know, like it's really, it's real paranormal investigations. It's, and anybody does real paranormal investigations knows that the majority of the time you aren't going to find anything paranormal, which turns a lot of people off. We've had a lot of people apply and join the team and go on an investigation or two and be like, where, where's the demons, you know, like, (laughs) you know, what do you, what do you mean? We're not screaming, yelling and running, you know, like, so it's it's just a it's a it's a morals and standard and professionalism. It's just you know you have to meet certain standards to be part of the team, the TAPS family team. And I don't know exactly what those are, but we have rules and trainings and that kind of stuff. Sweet. I mean, I I I think that's awesome that because makes sense, yeah, yeah, it should be a standard. I feel like I'm, I was gonna yeah. say it kind of standardizes yeah. everything and it makes it more of a like. Uh, I think that that legitimizes it, the, it yeah. a little bit more. You know what I mean? So everybody's yeah. kind of not doing the same thing, but they have the same set of like stand, like the same set yeah. of standards. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just it legitimizes the field a little bit more. And that way, you know, okay, like these people are are legit. And like when I was reading the website, I, I loved everything that you guys have on there because it lets everybody know like what you guys are about, the integrity, like your integrity, all that stuff. So if you guys do have a chance and you're in the Pacific Northwest and you need, you know, somebody to come out, definitely, yeah, definitely check, check, check them out because uh, it seems like that you guys are doing stuff the right way. And, and And for the right reasons, right. That is the most important too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it. You know, a lot of people are there and and it is fun and it's exciting. It can be scary and it's, can be a little bit of a thrill, but for the most part, it's just not. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting in a room in the dark with your friends and claiming your body function so it doesn't sound like a demon on the recorder you know we've had a few demons on the podcast demons called michelle's yeah. stomach because she's hungry oh my gosh we, we have we have a team member in stacy and she'll love that i called her out for this but her stomach <laughs> is so loud when it's you don't realize how loud your stomach is until you're in a quiet room and then it can be rather embarrassing you know like what was that oh that was my stomach you know yeah (laughs) you know and then we we've had teammates do things like sneeze and fart at the same time and you know (laughs) of course it's being recorded and you know like clip that for training you know yes (laughs) yeah Oh Note to self: If I ever do a paranormal investigation, do not have dairy beforehand. Yeah, we no. we we have a strict no Mexican food before investigation. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That'd be sense. a tough one. Yeah, yeah, we we do violate that on occasion, depending on what city we're in, because you know sometimes that's your best option. But yeah, yeah, you know, but but for Taps, the reason there is Taps family is because the TV show was getting requests for help from everywhere, and obviously mm. they couldn't 
handle it all themselves. So they created teams, taps family teams, and, and there's teams all over the country and all over the world that, so if they get, if the taps gets a, uh, a case in my area, I'll get that case. So they'll send it to mm-hmm. me and, and I'll deal with that. And that's why they have nice. standards because it goes back. It looks, it goes back to them at the end of the day. Yeah. So if they send me the case and I ignore it, then everybody's going to be like, well, I tried taps and they do, they couldn't, they ignored me. So mm-hmm. they would re- they really frown upon us because we have to uphold mm-hmm. their reputation. Makes sense. So they would really, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a confession guys. And I, I want to apologize, but mm-hmm. I am probably the reason why Ghost Adventures exists. Well, not me, <laughs> not me specifically, but oh people like me. Because when I was younger, obviously Ghost Advent- Ghost Hunters was like the original that I remember, or one of the original like paranormal shows, right? I don't know where he's going with yeah. this, by the way, guys. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll all find out together. <laughs> so at the beginning, you know, it was really dope because like you're, oh, paranormal investigation, this and that. But for me, at a point, it started getting kind of boring because, not well, okay, yes, I said it, it was getting kind of boring because of the reasons why I enjoy what you guys do now. Because you got they, because they weren't going in there and claiming everything was paranormal and stuff like that. They were kind of like, oh, you know, this could be this or this could be that. And I was like, damn it, I want to see the ghosts. Like, tell me that yeah. this place is haunted. And I think that that's what people started to want so that's why it opened up for people like you know ghost adventures to come in and start doing this out of this just like crazy stuff and then people started seeing that and now they're like this is what ghost hunting is this is what we want to see and now that's i feel like that's kind of what took away some of the stuff from i mean i i think there was other stuff that involved with ghost hunters kind of you know not being on the air anymore but uh, I think that was a big reason why, and and I feel kind of guilty about that now. But you're one of those. I, yeah, <laughs> but now, like, I'm like, damn, you know, I, I I wish I know Ghost Hunters came back, and I don't know if it's still on. Um, yes, they're they're recording episodes right now. Yeah, so I'm glad that they did because that's the kind of stuff that people need to see as opposed to. Uh, the other show because the other show is definitely starting to get way out there and they're I feel like they're going they're really trying to go in that direction where I don't think that's helpful for for this field at all it's really not but it's really really not it well it seems like it's kind of like cycling out like I I think people are now seeing like okay this is absolutely ridiculous and they're like okay where are the real investigators and and now you know, not obviously not that uh, ghost ghost hunters didn't already have like a following and and yeah. popularity and stuff, but now it's like okay, these guys are legit and not just yeah. You, know. and, you can and, only watch so much fabrication. I mean, people are into that sometimes, and they they yeah. want this big long story and these demons <laughs> and whatever. But after a while, it's like okay, this is BS. We know it's yeah. BS. You know, like, and as long as you go into it knowing that it's it's not real yeah. i mean we watch movies that aren't real all the time yeah. so you know if people go into it with with that mindset maybe it's really entertaining i don't know i don't watch but uh in fact i, I don't watch ghost hunters very often myself because i get jealous because i'm watching it and i'm like <laughs> damn it i want to go to that location yeah. you know like <laughs> so well what yeah. are some of your like dream locations that you would like to investigate i've always thought alcatraz would be a great place to like spend some time by your you would not by yourself but with your team by yourself i, I don't think i'd want to go there by myself <laughs> no. Like, no like i don't get scared of much but being there by yourself might be a little freaky uh, but yeah. like taking a team in there and spending a, an, an overnight in that place would be really cool yeah you know and I, like trying to like 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 i watched a show about it the other day where they were trying to figure out if the people really escape if they're eaten by sharks or what happened to them and Mm -hmm. did like for me if i was locked up there the whole eh, sharks in the bay thing would have kept me locked up i'm not in the water (laughs) i'll I'll do my time right here you know yeah Yeah. now i've heard so many stories about the like the the jail cells like being i and just recently too somebody was talking about it that um sitting in uh solitary it was like i guess like you could it was a nighttime tour that they did not necessarily in a, like a paranormal investigation but just which if i ever do a tour it has to be a nighttime tour at alcatraz <laughs> uh but she just like walked in there and she's like you could just 
feel like the heaviness and not necessarily like oh, okay because there's like a ghost but just i guess the like leftover energy of just being yeah. in solitary i can only imagine um so yeah that's always been fascinating and i'm like i think i need to try that i've been to san francisco and like looked at it in the distance and have yet to yeah. go I, i've done the same I, when i went to san francisco the people i was with didn't want to go and so i was like well that sucks and then like a few months later they went back to san francisco and they went oh my god i would be, <laughs> be so mad. mad yeah they're like sending me pictures and i'm like you know screw you guys yeah. you know like yeah yeah but uh yeah, um, our Boise team does public investigations at the old Idaho State Penitentiary in Boise. So you can check our website for dates on that and how to get tickets for that. Um, so that's a really cool place. I go there about once a year because we have a team only investigation for that place once a year. And mm. that is a really cool place to investigate. It's for me, like going in the first time, I was like, okay, this is going to be really heavy and dark, but it really isn't. I was there and it kind of felt like very homey, you know, like, and I'm like, why? But yeah. then, you know, people lived there. That was their home. Mm. You know, like they weren't going home. That's where they were staying. You know, they're in yeah. prison forever. So mm. you would make, you would try to make it the best you could. And, and, you know, maybe that's what they did. And maybe that's why I felt that way. But there, there are some places in there, like you can't get up on some of the, uh, on the upper levels to the cells. You'll be, you'll be in a, in one of the cell blocks and there's just, you know, four or five levels, you know, sometimes. And, you can't get up up on the second or any any higher but if you're in there i was in there and we're just all quiet you can hear people moving around up up there and oh, it's just gosh. like yeah knowing that nobody's up there you know you you start thinking what could it be is it you know rodent or whatever but it's like footsteps you know and you're like oh okay. yeah no so that's really and, it's a really cool place and then imagine you just look up and you see somebody just kind of peeking, peeking over at you oh, <laughs> right and then you know death row is pretty cool you know just just the thought of you know here's these cells these people had to sit in and just wait to die yeah. you know that's got to be some really bad energy there you know yeah do you, do you feel like you're um like sensitive to to kind of energies at all yeah, yeah i'm very sensitive to energies i can feel energies for sure yeah and some of our teammates are they just can't and they really wish they could but you know but we don't really use that a lot on our investigations. I use it for things like we'll be on an investigation and things are going well. And then all of a sudden you can just feel the energy change. Like they're pulling back, mm -hmm. like they're done for the night and they're like, okay. And then you, you kind of know that, okay, they're done with us tonight. It's time to wrap it up. I do things like that, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be like, Hey, I feel this over here. Cause you know, we don't like to lead other people mm -hmm. into feeling because if I told you, Hey, I, I'm feeling a male spirit over here. You go, yeah, me too. Cause that's just how it would work in your mind. Yeah. We well, try not to do that. But, and, and that makes, that makes sense. And uh, I guess then, hold on. I had a question in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, oh, that's what it was. Sorry. Uh, what does it feel like for you? Cause I know that me trying to explain like the energy sh shift, I guess, like for me, a lot of the times it just feels like someone walked into a room, like that feeling of someone walking into the room, you just like feel, feel the air change, I guess. It, yeah, kind of. Do you, do you kind of, yeah. Would you, how would you explain the like feeling like it's a man or feeling like something's wrong over here? Like, you know, how, however. Yeah, for me, I, I, I feel emotions. So the spirit emotions. So like if they're upset or they're happy or, or maybe even like, okay, this feels like a male, you know, thought process that they're thinking and whatever, or, you know, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's not something I've perfected in, but it's just, I kind of have an understanding of what's going on. So, so when they're there and, you know, you can feel like, okay, something's here with us. You just have that feeling, you know, like you, yeah, I think everybody has that sometimes like oh, we're being watched or that kind of thing, or, and then you can just kind of, you can feel that with, with, like, if you're talking to, to, to your friend and they just kind of check out on your conversation because they're not interested in what you're saying anymore. You can feel that they don't yeah. have to say anything, you know? And I think it's kind of the same thing when it comes to communicating with spirits, when they're done with you, they just kind of check out like your friend would. Huh. That's okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, you, you can kind of tell her like, you're, you're not interested in anything that I have to say right now. Let me yeah. just, yeah. Okay. Totally. When your friend's <laughs> giving you that look, like you've already told me the story, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric, did you have any other questions? 
No, I I think it, yeah, we're okay. good. That, that was, I feel, I and mean, we've we've had other paranormal investigators, but I feel like this was a very like informative one, right? Am I am I, mean, I crazy, it, Eric? Yeah. Or like I, I mean, just like we were talking about uh, earlier about oh, I never really thought about that. Like what time you would go? Like it makes complete sense, but I've never yeah. even thought to think it yeah. or ask it so, yeah. a, a friend of mine a friend of mine william becker who i'm he, he's a local psychic he's got a gallery reading that i'm that i set up help set up for him and i'm going to that tonight but one of the things he taught me he took me down to this place called the Ermertinger house in oregon city in portland oregon it's right by portland oregon and portland oregon was named there was two guys and one of them was from boston and one was from portland so one of them wanted to name it boston one of them wanted to name it portland so they flipped a coin and uh, obviously Portland won, but they uh, the house that that coin toss was in, they believe it's the Ermatinger house. So there's a room there, and he's taking me. He took me in there to like look around. He gave me a little tour of it. And uh, when we left, we went to have some coffee. We're sitting in this coffee shop, and he tells me things like, "You have to think about the culture and the people that you're going in to investigate." So when I walked into the Ermatinger house, the people from there were from the 1800s, you know, or early 19s. So I walked in with my hat on. That would have been disrespectful to those people back then. So why would they communicate with me? So I never thought of that kind of thing. So I'm like, he's absolutely right. Yeah. So like, he says, when you come into a place like this, they, would, they wouldn't have referred to you by your first name. You'd refer to people by Mr. and Mrs. in their last name. Because hmm. calling somebody by their first name back then was disrespectful. Yeah. So you know, learning things like that. That's why I like to talk to other people. Cause you, you don't think about stuff like that. Like I just walked in these people's houses with my hat on. Well, when they were alive, that was very disrespectful. So like today we don't think much of it, but you know, of yeah. course I'm not going to get, they're not going to communicate with me if I'm in their house wearing a hat. So it's something I, this stuff like that I've taken from other people and, and we, we all evolve and learn and investigating. Nobody knows it all. That's why I like to, uh, to talk to other people and get other ways of doing things and uh, other opinions i thought that was a very good advice yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we've had uh another investigator like in in south texas but uh it was uh they're investigating a like mexican-american war um oh wow uh, Presidio de la Bahía. yeah but what is it called Not a bunker. Uh, what am i trying to say <laughs> post kind of yeah. thing yeah mm -hmm. like a military post um okay but they were investigating everything and saying everything in English. And then they're like, well, why are we speaking English? It was Mexican soldiers that were here. So they flipped it and started speaking Spanish. Uh, and then they were, well, one of the wives kind of got, I don't want to say attacked because it's not like she had like scratches or anything, but uh, yeah. she was just like, I have to, or cause she was the one saying the commands or like doing like military commands. And yeah, like you said, like back in the day, a woman giving commands, like no way. And so she yeah. just like was completely drained and was like, she had to tap out and I'm getting like goosebumps saying that again. I don't know why, but uh, so, I mean, because I'm a woman, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that you don't think about, but yeah, I mean, you, yeah. great, you know, advice and, and it makes complete and total sense. Like, why would you speak, go to France and investigate and not speak French kind of thing and see, especially from back yeah. in the day, but yeah yeah it's, it's the same yeah i think we, we just talked to tom about that and when within his episode oh, yeah, about yeah. the the languages and stuff like that um yeah i think it was actually an uh an american like post or fort or something like that and then the soldiers were attacked by mexican forces and uh were they were all like basically slaughtered um and so there there ended up being a mexican presence there so obviously mexican soldiers died there american soldiers died there and so, yeah, it, it's it's always that like um, I think our, our friend Tom was mentioning about how people have gone to investigate in places like or like, say, in France or something like that. And instead of speaking in French, they're speaking in English. It's like, well, the chances of, of you know, an entity or something or spirit or whatever uh, in a place like that, knowing English is going to be especially if it's like an older uh, yeah. uh, it, uh, spirit the location. Is, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's very yeah. unlikely that they're going to know English. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. My brother went to Germany. He was at the concentration camps and mm -hmm. he took a, he took a digital recorder and that, that's what he said. Like 
I don't know what language they were speaking. And I'm like, well, you know, some of them probably spoke English, but I do believe he got some EVPs in English. So, but you know, some people, a lot of people did speak English back then. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that wasn't all that surprisingly, that wasn't that long ago. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, you think about, you know, concentration camps, the Holocaust, you think about that stuff being so long ago. Yeah. It's really not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember when we were learning about like World War One and or World War Two in in, uh, in school, being like, "Man, that was a, what like fifty years ago," and thinking that was so long ago. And then I'm thinking right now, I you know, I was born in the late '80s, and I grew up in the you know basically the the, the, the '90s. And that was already thirty years ago. I was like, "Holy crap!" It's like when my mom <laughs> right? would talk about her music and i'm like god it's so old like 60s 70s yeah i'm like oh yeah thank you (laughs) so sweet a puppy has just made an appearance and yes she's probably fully grown but they are always puppies in my mind (laughs) french French bulldogs always look like puppies they do (laughs) yeah I definitely don't want to uh, keep you, but uh, is there anything that you would like to promote or where people can, or where you would like people to, to find you guys or reach out to you? Sure. You can, uh, if you, you need some information about our team or if you're in the Idaho, Oregon, Washington area, and you need some assistance with something, you can uh, give us a, we have on our website, bigriverparanormal.com, you go to the uh, contact us area and we have a form you can fill out for that kind of stuff. And, and then we had you can look there for events upcoming events that we're doing like well we have the geyser grand hotel in baker city we do public investigations all the dates and tickets and stuff for that and the old pen as well are there and you can also listen to my podcast if you like it's hassling the paranormal i don't know if you guys got a chance to check that out but but i've just gotten started with that i got like 13 episodes in so that's been a lot of fun i love that name I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of uh, in- interviewing others, correct? Like yeah. you had yes, like that's... psychics, Bigfoot investigators, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I just have a guest on every time and interview them about different paranormal stuff, and so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a yesterday. I had a guy that's a paranormal investigator. But he was a pet medium as well, so oh, so he cool. talks to pets who pass on. So that was his name was Rob Goodrow. It was, it was a really good interview. I just posted that one yesterday. I'm going to have to listen nice. and then go to his website and see if I can talk to my babies. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got several books out, too. So you can okay. check those out. And they're, he said they're all under $10 on, on Amazon. So okay. that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you again for, for being on. Um, like I said, this one is definitely more of like, in, I guess, informative than I expected it to be. But I, and I mean that like in the best way possible, uh, making me yeah. think about certain things that I hadn't thought about. So, yeah, I, re- I really appreciate that. Awesome. It was fun being on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thanks again, Jason. All righty, guys. That was our interview with Jason Hassler. When I, it was funny because when I saw Jason, uh, ha, uh, what Hassler, and I saw Taps, I was like, Jason Hass Hoss. Oh my God. It, no, I was like, imagine. Oh, but that's okay because it was a good interview. It was so great interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? No offense. Or it wasn't, yeah. yeah. Just, it wasn't meant to be offensive. It was just I freaked out a little bit, and then I realized, oh, it's not the same Jason. But fangirl for a moment. Yeah, yeah, that too. But yeah, like you said, uh, very informative. Uh, I like I said, we've just, and I'll, I'll say this every time, dude. Knock uh, on wood before you say it. No wood, Palo Santo. Where are you? <laughs> I'll do it for us. Knock uh, on wood. All the all the paranormal investigators and stuff that we've had have always been super dope, super level headed, not ghost adventures. <laughs> yes, and I love how every time, like literally, dude, every time we have a, a paranormal investigator on, they start talking about like basically ghost uh, ghost adventures. Like we know you're yeah. talking about ghost adventures, but nobody ever like says their name, and for good reason. I mean, I'm I'm sure they don't want to like you know yeah. be looked at as haters or anything like that, but. But we it, know. We yeah. all know. <laughs> it, it it always comes up and you know, it's just it, it is it's unfortunate. And like I said, I'm probably people like me who are watching, you know, Ghost Hunters are probably the reason why Ghost Adventures took off and we're like, Oh yeah, this is the best. And you know, yeah. uh we we grow up, people change. We realize the error of our ways, guys. Now we want, you know, we prefer our ghost hunters. So yes. uh I do apologize for that. I forgive you. Uh yeah. I'm just kidding. 
Thanks. Alrighty, guys, if you'd like to contact us, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media, so make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook or Instagram. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening site, such as Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we'll read it here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. And there's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness. And if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate those for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you?